Hello, my name is Father Jacob, creator and founder of Region Catholic. Region Catholic is a platform used to teach the Catholic faith with the flavor of Northwest Indiana, also known as the Region. If you like this content, then like, comment, or subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And better yet, share this, regioncatholic.com, with a friend. If you'd like to support us, you can go to our Patreon page, found at regioncatholic.com, where you can support us at three levels, get shoutouts on our podcasts, or get your hands on exclusive merchandise. Thank you for your support, enjoy the podcast, and God bless you. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, good evening, friends. Good to see all of you. A special welcome to all of those who are on the live stream with us today. And uh, as you heard last week, we are going to be uh, starting up a new preaching series this weekend. So um, one of the things that we start, I wanted to just say that the letter F has gotten a very bad reputation over the years, right? You know, whether that's uh, with certain words or whether that's with certain grades, uh, kind of has... Uh, Kind of, we've kind of given up on that letter and kind of thrown it into the, uh, the trash heap in our culture. Um, but as I mentioned, we're starting this new preaching series entitled The Real F Word. And so what we're going to talk about is how in God's alphabet, F stands for something completely different. F stands for forgiveness. And so what we want to look at this week and next week is just how, what, like, what happens to us when, uh, when we're unable to forgive? You know, kind of the resentment or the bitterness that can kind of come through. But then also next week, what, are, what is that pathway? You know, how is it that we can seek forgiveness in our lives so that that way, you know, instead of our heart being hardened, instead of growing in bitterness and that resentment, we can experience this tremendous peace. So today we're going to specifically look at resentment. So what happens when we encounter that? So as I was reading the, uh, the scriptures and praying with that, and especially praying with this theme, uh, I kept thinking about all the many times, I mean, I'm sure many of you have people in your lives uh, that you've heard stories of past hurts, things that they've been holding on to for five or 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 years even. It's just things that when you hear it, you think that it happened yesterday, but they've been carrying it with them forever. And in many regards, it's, it's, it's very disheartening to hear that. You know, just wondering, like, what, what is that like to carry around something for so long? 
There was actually a woman that I was visiting. Uh, she died when she was 92 years old. And, um, and when I was visiting her, she was telling me about how her sister refused to give her the money she needed for a pair of shoes. And she was telling me this, and at first I was, I was getting very concerned because I was like, oh my gosh, if you need a pair of shoes, like, I'll give you the money. Like, <laughs> but as she started telling me more and more, I came to realize that this was not something that happened in the past week. It was actually something that happened when she was a teenager. And so for all those years, she has held on to that resentment and that bitterness. And, and one of the things that, that I, I kind of walked away from it is like we talked and we talked and, and talked, but she made it very clear that she, does, she never had any intention to forgive her sister. You know, and how disheartening is that? You know, she, she knew every detail. I mean, she had memorized it in such a way that it was, like I said, it was as if it happened the previous week. And my friends, this may sound silly, but bitterness and resentment usually start out small. And so what happens? You know, there's some sort of offense or there's something that happens to us. And what happens is that we take it and that offense burrows its way into our hearts. And then what happens? Well, we start to replay it in our minds. We start to uh, tell it to every available listener. And it just kind of creates these ruts in our life that are very hard to come out of. And so as we begin to repeat it over and over and over again, it actually drives us deeper. It buries us deeper. And then we fool ourselves into thinking that nobody's going to know. <laughs> you know, that nobody sees that angerness. Nobody sees that bitterness. The problem is that, you know, resentment has a way of seeping into everything. It's kind of like if you were to inflate a beach ball and try to hold it under the water. Guess what? That air inside that beach ball is going to, to spring it forth into the surface. And that's what happens with bitterness and resentment. And this is one of the reasons why these, uh, these readings this weekend are so amazing. You know, we're hearing from the Gospel of Matthew, the psalm that we heard today, Psalm 95, um, even, the, even the first and second reading, kind of talking about what happens. You know, oftentimes, we don't want to think about sin. We don't want to think about the, the hurts that we carry or the hurts that we impart to others. But in many ways, these readings force us to reflect on what sin does. And sometimes we think that sin is something that's private, that is not going to affect anybody else. It's you know, just my own personal thing. But we see that there's a tremendous amount of collateral damage, not only to us, but to our relationships, to our workplaces, to our communities. We see the ripple effects that take place. And that's why when we think about this, you know, Jesus says that if someone sins against you, go to them. You know, don't let this be something that creates division. Don't let this be something that, that creates this tension that you hold on to because that's what the psalmist is trying to get at. That when we do, it causes us to harden our hearts. And so if today you hear the voice of the Lord, harden not your heart. You know, he wants us to, uh, to make sure that we live in the sense of joy with peace rather than the sense of bitterness and this resentment because it acts like a poison. You know, it really does infiltrate everything, and, and that's when we begin to harden our hearts. Now, last week at the Outdoor Mass, Bishop McClory talked about the law of the gift. I don't know if you remember him saying this. But the beauty of the law of the gift 
is that you and I were created for a purpose. We were created with the purpose to give ourselves as a gift to God and to others. So that means to love God and to serve God, to love others and to serve others. And the, the paradox of it is that the more that we pour ourselves out, the more that we give of ourselves, the more we actually receive. You know, so I, as I pour myself out to you, you receive me as a gift. And as you pour yourself out to me, I receive you as a gift. And so that means that I'm not left empty. It means that that love that we share because of Jesus Christ, that's what fills us. That's what gives us the ability then to, uh, to keep pouring ourselves out, to keep giving of ourselves, to keep pouring out our lives and laying them down. The problem is that if we harden our hearts, then it makes it very difficult to pour ourselves out. You know, if we harden our hearts, it makes it very difficult to receive the gift of others. You know, so that what should be that mutual ebb and flow is now blocked. You know, it prevents that from being able to happen. And that's what happens when we're unable to forgive. That's what happens when we hold on to those, those past hurts. Now, like I said, we're going to talk more about forgiveness itself next week, but I think if we don't recognize that we carry resentment or bitterness with us, then it's hard for us to understand where, where we even go from here. And it's hard for us to understand how forgiveness even is something that we can, we can try to strive for. And so that's why we have to understand what resentment is. And simply defined, I think the psalmist names it. Resentment is simply hardness of heart. There's many philosophers who talk about it as, as more of like a self-poisoning of the mind. So when we think about this, it can happen for a number of reasons. Like, first of all, we can experience a sense of hurt and a sense of resentment because of what somebody has done to us. So it could be some words against us. It could be a specific action against us. But it could also be when we don't receive something that we expect to receive. So for example, you know, if we expect to receive love from our parents or we expect to receive love from our spouse, but we don't receive that love, that can create that hurt. It can create that, that wound. But the third way that we can often uh, experience this hurt is kind of interesting because it may not be tied to a t particular person, but it could be tied to a particular circumstance or situation. So for example, in the psalm that we heard Marianne sing, you know, one of the things that it talks about is, is when the Israelites were in the wilderness. So Israel's forefathers, they crabbed and complained because, you know, one, they didn't get what they thought they were going to get. But two, the situation of being in the desert for 40 years caused many of them to harden their hearts. Well, why did you take us out of Egypt in order for us to die in the desert? You know, that was their statement. And so it was the situation that caused that hurt. It was that situation. And the funny thing about it is that that hurt, it can be real, or it could be something perceived. And that's not to discredit the hurt. That's not to discredit anything of what we experience, because we need to acknowledge that. Because the interesting thing about hurts that we experience is that there's two things that happen. One is the feeling of hurt, 
but two are the thoughts that accompany it. Because those thoughts often reinforce and strengthen the hurt that we feel. So we don't want to, uh, to, to pretend like, oh yeah, this doesn't bother me. I'm just going to let it roll off my back. Like this isn't something like, yeah, whatever, I'm tougher than that. No, we have to acknowledge the hurt. We have to acknowledge the feeling of it, but we also need to acknowledge the thoughts that reinforce it. And so that's where we have to kind of keep that in check. The problem is that so often we don't keep it in check, right? What we actually do is that we chase after the poisonous snake that bit us, but then what happens is that it only rushes the poison all throughout our system. You know, that's what happens when we chase after it. And this is why Jesus tells us, you know, if there is a hurt, go to that person. Now sometimes, and we'll talk about this next week, but sometimes we don't actually have to receive forgiveness from another person. Sometimes it can be something that takes place in our prayer, something that takes place by, by the power of Jesus himself. Other times we actually do need to acknowledge it with the person who committed the offense or, or if we committed the offense. But regardless, you know, recognizing once again that the psalmist says, don't harden your heart. Even if you experience these things, don't harden your heart. And why does he say that? Because as much as the causes of these things are such, and, and just because of uh, the feelings and the thoughts that accompany it, the interesting thing is that when we experience a hurt, a lot of it has to do with our own personal reaction. So for example, I've got, there's nine kids in my family. <laughs> And so I just think about like, all right, so we all grew up the same way, right? More or less. But it's interesting because different events that have happened in my family, some of us react one way and some of us have reacted in other ways. And so it's like, well, what makes the difference? Well, the difference is personal freedom, is that each of us are free to respond to things as we see fit. And so if we do experience hurt, if we are currently sitting here thinking, well, yeah, I've got anger, I've got bitterness, I've got resentment. The good news is there's a solution. You know, this isn't something that has to be overwhelming. It's not something that we have to be trapped in. We're not powerless in this whatsoever. And I know it's difficult. You know, I know it's difficult for us to, to control our response or have to acknowledge how we responded to something, especially when we're offended, especially when we're hurt. But it's in those moments that we need to pause. And I, I literally mean pause. <laughs> because when we enter into self-reflection with Jesus, when we sit with him in prayer, he opens our eyes so that we can see. You know, he opens our ears so that we can hear. He opens our hearts so that we can fully acknowledge what was going on. And so the way that we can overcome this in that self-reflection, in that prayer with Jesus is to come to an understanding of that person or the situation. So we want to connect our, our, anger, our anger, our bitterness, our resentment to the very cause of it and begin to ask why. So begin to understand. It's interesting, um, one of the saints in the church, he says that the virtue of charity, even more than in giving, is in understanding. And so when we come to understand the situation or we come to understand the person, like that actually helps us to, to live the virtue of charity. And so in your self-reflection, the way to actually ask Jesus to open your eyes is to say, Lord, help me to understand this person. Where were they coming from? 
What was happening in their life? What kind of upbringing did they have? What kind of formation did they have? You know, what other circumstances or situation was going on? And as you begin to explore that, it really does soften our hearts. Because it might bring us to a realization of, oh my gosh, I didn't know that person was going through that. Maybe that's why they lashed out at me. Oh my gosh, like I didn't realize this was all going on in the background, and maybe that's why this happened. You know, so that understanding helps us then to see the most positive reason why something might have happened. And so even though that person may never apologize, you know, even, we, even though we may never get that opportunity, in our own hearts, we've let it go. We don't have to worry about it anymore. We don't have to be anchored in the past because that's what happens. When we carry something for that many years, it acts like an anchor. It anchors us to the past and prevents us from living right now, you know, living in the grace and the blessing that God wants to give to us right this second. And so then as we move into the future, it just makes it worse. Now, there's a lot more that I can say on this, but I want to go back to our 92-year-old woman. As you know, she passed, um, but I don't know if she ever forgave, forgave her sister. But one thing that I do know is that in my experience in, in being with people on their deathbed, the number one regret that they have is not that they wish that they had worked harder. It is not that they wish that they had gained more money. It's not that they wish they were more successful. The number one regret that people have is that they wish they had more time with their loved ones. As so my friends, you know, lack of forgiveness, anger, bitterness, resentment, it's a poison. You know, in many ways, it, it keeps us in the dark, and then no matter where we go, we see darkness. But my friends, you and I carry the light of Christ. And so if we carry the light of Christ with us, then no matter where we go, we will always see light even in the darkness. So the spiritual challenge that I want to pose to you is to spend some time with our Lord. You know, sit there in prayer with him. Ask him to open your eyes, your ears, your heart, to come to explore and to understand what, what is it about the hurt that we've experienced, whether that's a particular person or whether it's a circumstance or a situation that you've encountered. But just to say, Lord, help me to understand. Help me to let go of this, this anger or this resentment so that, that way I can, I can live in a sense of joy and a sense of freedom and a sense of peace. Because if we can move from resentment to forgiveness, that, my friends, is the gateway to happiness.